It's time for Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. I am your host, Sam Parsons, joined today by my co-host, Mr. Spencer Vermeer. Spence, how you doing? I'm doing well. Getting close to... Uh... A game that uh, has gotten my attention uh, in has, about uh, two hours here. A lot of my attention. Uh, we'll talk <laughs> about that soon. Week one of the NFL season finally hit us last week, Spence, and uh, we got our first week of picks officially locked in. It's time to see how we did. This is our weekly report card here. Uh, Spence, last week, our NFL game of the week, which we uh, both made a pick for, was on Thursday, Bills-Rams. Uh, we both started the season with a swing and a miss. The uh, Rams were two-and-a-half-point underdogs, and uh, we both picked them, and uh, they lost by 21. Honestly, I was less disappointed about getting the pick wrong and more disappointed that the game just wasn't close at the end. It really wasn't. Uh, they just didn't look like the Rams uh, really had any interest in playing past the first half. Yeah. And so yeah. they just looked hungover from eight months ago Super Bowl. Yeah, and, you know, can't blame them to an extent, but, yeah, disappointing to say the least. Mm. So then we get to Saturday. Only college game we picked last week was, of course, Iowa versus Iowa State. Iowa State was a three-and-a-half-point underdog. I picked the Cyclones, so I got on the board. You took the Hawkeyes, Spence. What is what is there to say about this game without getting too deep into the weeds? I would talk about offense, but there wasn't any, uh-huh. especially by the Iowa Hawkeyes for the second week in a row. I was grossly disappointed as as we're all Hawkeye fans in that game yeah we'll talk a little more about the Hawkeyes here in a minute but yes. oof, yeah nothing left to say there so heading into Sunday you were still over and mm. that continued in the early slate yes, because one of your two picks you had Carolina covering as a one and a half point favorite over Cleveland Cleveland got the win outright did you watch that game Spence not really didn't have any opportunity to it wasn't on uh, network television and followed along on scores it was really you know, all Cleveland until near the end. And Mm -hmm. then Cleveland managed to eke out a win in the last minute. So I just, uh, looks like Mayfield did decent, but the rest of the team around him just didn't uh, feel like they went to uh, back him against his own, uh, a former team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I personally just can't pick a lame duck coach to mm. team like Matt Roll. But anyway, at over 3, you were looking dead in the eyes of a golden sombrero over 4 performance, but alas, you were able to salvage the week uh, with uh, a win. You did pick Kansas City as a 6-point favorite over Arizona and uh, that was a good bet. I mean, that was a nice stress-free win for you. I wish I could get uh, two out of that because I didn't notify everyone and said the pet that you really want to do is the Chiefs at halftime. That's right. Which was even more convincing of a win there. So unfortunately, we've got uh, official bets that we got to make. I can't get credit for that one. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that was one that I think I went 2-0 on, at least in my own personal opinions. So for my games on Sunday, I had the Chargers covering us three and a half point favorites over Vegas. They won by five. So that was a hit. And uh, I had Baltimore over the Jets as seven point favorites. They won by 15. I got to talk about that one real quick. Uh, You and I, Spence, both agreed last week that seven points was a very friendly spread for Baltimore. And uh, we both had the Ravens winning by multiple touchdowns. I remember saying that. Well, on Sunday morning, when I was putting my bets in, the spread had actually moved to six and a half. Mm. I got to say, that was like Christmas. I mean, that was like a gift from Santa Claus. <laughs> the The Ravens by seven over the Joe Flacco-led New York Jets in week one was a gimme. I mean, that is as close to free money as it gets. If you were betting on the first week of NFL of the NFL season and you didn't pick Baltimore, you were doing it wrong. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, very true. I can't uh, 
argue that whatsoever. Yeah, I wish I didn't put more on it. But anyway, uh, final score from last week was Sam 3, Spence 1. So I've got the early lead. Long way to go. Plenty of time for things to change. But time for us to get on with it. Let's talk about this week's action and uh, college football. We'll start with the Iowa Hawkeyes. Spence, let's not beat around the bush here. Iowa plays Nevada this week. They are a 23.5-point favorite. Lay it on me. Tell me who you got. Until uh, Iowa shows that they can actually score 23.5 points, I have to go against uh, Iowa in this uh, fact. I don't think they're going to lose, but uh, 23.5 points, they better show me at some point that they're capable of doing it before I pick a a spread like that. So give me uh, Nevada and give me points. Absolutely. Oh boy. So my, my whole approach to betting, Spence, is it's based on a, a bit of a research process that I have, you know, and, and the whole process consists of looking at a wide range of factors that are pertaining to the teams or players in question, usually tangible and or quantifiable things like, you know, matchups, uh, efficiency, coaching philosophies, things like that. Mm-hmm. But there's also a human element at play here. And that human element is... When it is time for me to sit down for kickoff and I think about what needs to happen for me to hit a bet, am I going to hate myself, yes or no? (laughs) And when I'm talking about betting on the Iowa Hawkeyes to score at least 24 points, the answer is 100% yes. I'm going to borrow a paraphrase uh, and paraphrase a quote from Moneyball when I say that there are good offenses and there are bad offenses. Then there's 50 feet of crap. And then there's Iowa. <laughs> this offense has had two scoring drives this year. One was a five-yard drive, uh, and one was a 16-yard drive. Mm. This offense is unthinkable. I don't care that Nevada just gave up 55 points to a school called Incarnate Word, a school that allegedly exists. I don't care how good Iowa's defense is. Nevada can still score 7 to 10 points, and if that happens, Iowa's got to score 30-plus to cover this. And you know what? Maybe they wake up this week. Maybe it's different than what it's been. But am I going to bet on that? Heavens, no. No. Give me Nevada and give me the points because I already have enough self-loathing without needing Spencer Petras to pretend he's under, but any better at throwing a football than a literal vegetable. I need Spencer Lee to get uh, back into Iowa because I was very proud of the Spencer name last year because we had the uh, (laughs) starting quarterback for Iowa and had the All-American wrestler. Lee is now uh, off and doing his own thing, and Spencer Petrus has gotten worse since last year. (laughs) It's just not... Not a good uh, time to be a Spencer uh, living in Iowa. <laughs> that's that's what we got for that game. <laughs> Next up, let's uh, let's go through this quickly because we don't have a lot of time. Iowa State playing Ohio at home. That's Ohio, not Ohio State. Cyclones are seventeen and a half point favorites right now. Spence, what's your pick here? Well, they're not going to meet up against an Iowa defense anymore in uh, this game. This is a gun to the head kind of situation because I have to bet on this game. Mm-hmm. I would stay away from it because I just. I know, agree. I'm thinking, well, you know, I can see ISU winning that by 17. Well, that doesn't do me any good because the line's 17 and a half. Am I going to bet on one half of a point? I'm going to go with ISU. I just think maybe the fact that now they've got the high of winning against Iowa, that maybe they've got the invincibility factor. I got to pick one of them. I'm going to go with ISU. But I think 17 and a half, they nailed that uh, margin really, really well. And I don't know which way to go on it. I'll go with Iowa State, too. I'm in the same exact boat. I don't think, I don't see myself actually putting money on this. But uh, I don't know much about Ohio. Um, 
but I'm pretty sure that Iowa State's top players just outclassed them significantly. I think that they win by 20. Uh, I'll take the Cyclones. And then there was one other notable game that we wanted to draw attention to for our Midwest college football fans out there. Oklahoma at Nebraska, a historic rivalry or an historic. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know what the uh, grammar is there exactly. But uh, Oklahoma, 10.5 point favorites at a team that has a new coach that is not Scott Frost. Who are you picking? They're 0-2. The Husker hangover is going to linger. It's not going to get any better with an interim coach that was on the staff. Uh, it's only 10.5 points. If I had a prediction on this, I would have thought it would have been about 21. Yeah. Um, so the fact that I'm getting 11 points, in my personal opinion, uh, give me Oklahoma and, the, and losing the points. Yeah, I agree. Even though this rivalry is obviously steeped in history, it's not the 1980s anymore. Um Oklahoma is just a lot better than Nebraska is. So I'll take Oklahoma too. We're going all chalk kind of there. Uh, all of us picking the same team. So there's not going to be an advantage after nope. this, but uh, that's what we got for college. We'll take a break. And then when we come back, we will be ready to dig into the NFL slate for this week. Sports Specs with Sam and Spence returns after this. And welcome back to Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. I am Sam. He is Spence. It is time now for us to talk about week two of the NFL. Get into our picks here. Again, five total games that we are going to be talking about, the first of which is going to come from Mr. Spencer here. Uh, Spence, what's the first game that you are picking individually this week? First game after watching Green Bay really just have no offense whatsoever. I don't know if that's something that can get improved in a week, especially when you've got the receivers that you're dealing with, with Lazard as their best receiver on the bench. Mm. I don't know if he's back this week. Um, I don't I'm, know either, actually. I have not checked. I I'm probably should under the impression with, with the injury and that the fact they said he wasn't going to play back like in Thursday of last week, I'm thinking it might be severe enough. And even if he does come back, is he going to be hobbled? I just don't think that uh, offense is going to have enough to uh, overcome 10 points that I am getting by picking Chicago. I think uh, the Bears are going to at least uh, put up a fight. It's a division rivalry. I'm thinking that uh, we're going to go with uh, Chicago. Plus 10 is the line right now. Getting 10 points on a team that didn't score 10 points, I think, last week. Going to run with it. Now, just pulled it up here. Alan Lazard did return to practice yesterday, but in a limited capacity, he is very much a question mark uh, for this weekend. But at the same time, if you're depending on Alan Lazard to be your guy, it's not very good. I got to say, I respect the hustle here. It's become a bit overlooked um, after the success that he's had in the last two years. But uh, Aaron Rodgers' offenses have had some spurts of difficulty moving the ball uh, in the past without good receivers. Uh, 2015 comes to mind in particular. Uh, below average first down percentages in that year, plus 2018 and 2019. This year, I think it's obvious that after losing a wide receiver that the offense was designed for. I mean, I say it was designed for Devontae Adams. Rodgers mm-hmm. himself has said that something like 70 to 80% of their passing plays were designed with the idea that Devontae Adams was the primary receiver on the play to get him the ball. And Rodgers, when he doesn't trust his receivers, you saw this last week, tends to hold onto the ball longer. Uh, he His already risk-averse style amps up to 11. That said... To quote Aaron Rodgers again, he has owned the Bears for his entire bleep in life. No. Uh, and I can't bet against him right now, especially in Lambeau against the Bears, though. Again, I do respect the hustle here. I think I'm going to stay away from this game because I do still have big questions about Green Bay's um, offense. 
But um, anyway, that's what. So that's your pick. You got the Bears as ten point dogs to the Packers. I'll go to another game with the ten point spread, and that's Tennessee Buffalo. Buffalo is favored by ten mm. over the Titans. Uh, here's and I'm gonna go with Buffalo. I'm gonna go with the favorite here by uh, ten points, uh, ten plus points. Here's the distilled rationale behind this bet because it might sound sketchy at first. The Bills are perhaps the best team in the game right now. And they're playing in front of a very rowdy home crowd for the first time since their wildcard playoff game against the Patriots in January. And they're doing it against a team that isn't very good. Mm. The Titans were the AFC's number one seed last year, but much was made about the fact that they were statistically the worst one seed in the entire Super Bowl era. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not saying that like as an opinion. I like that, that was the stats. We're saying that both record and everything else that showed when they went one and done against the Bengals in the playoffs. But here's the thing. The Titans were due for aggression already. If their team had stayed the same, it didn't stay the same. It got demonstrably worse. No more AJ Brown. Their best pass rusher is out for the season. Offensive line is no longer a strength of this team. It's just not good vibes in Tennessee right now. Even though I like their leadership with Mike Vrabel and John Robinson, the Bills are just a much, much better team right now playing at home. I hope they avoid the hangover from trouncing the Rams last week and uh, they get up for their home crowd. I think the Bills win this thing by at least 13. I don't know if I really have anything to say against it. Uh, you know, if one play can really summarize what uh, 2022 might be for the Tennessee Titans, it's, uh, I forget who the Giants player was, that decked Derrick Henry coming mm. through the center. And I thought, I haven't seen that. I don't know if ever, where he absolutely just got manhandled by one player. And I thought, is that going to be the synopsis of how the titan season is going to go and they lost against the giants so that's not a team that i thought would do very well either right and to knock off a number one seed from last year uh maybe they are going to be a lot less than they were uh, certainly are already right yeah and derrick henry that jones fracture last year just has not looked <laughs> the same uh, since coming back from that so that's my first pick this week spence what's your pick number two well i'm thinking from indianapolis going against Houston and somehow playing to uh, keep that tie in place in doing everything possible to make sure that they didn't win the game. Pouring out for Rodrigo Blankenship. <laughs> who is no longer with the team. Yeah. Um, and they go in against Jacksonville. It is in Jacksonville. They haven't had huge success there. I tend to go with trends, which would make me think that I should go with Jacksonville, but Jacksonville is not as good of a team as Indianapolis. I have to give up four points. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick uh, Indianapolis minus four over Jacksonville. I've already said uh, that I like the Colts this year. That has not changed after they tied the Texans last week, even though the Texans stink. Uh, there were there was a lot of flukiness when you look at the reasons why they didn't win that game. You know, two for five in the red zone. That's not very replicable week to week. The kicker missed a game winner that was very makeable. I think it was 42 yards, and now he's not on the team anymore. I still feel good about this team. There's also the fact that the Colts, uh, coming into the season, had lost every season opener that they have played since 2013. So a tie is actually an improvement mm. in that regard. Uh, but speaking of the trends that you were talking about that they need to break, four-point favorites in Jacksonville despite having lost in Jacksonville every year since 2014. Normally, I would say that that's just kind of noise that you can throw out due to a small sample size. But And I always say that streaks like this never end until they do. That's what I said last week with the Iowa State thing. But 
but uh, it's a division rivalry. I think that there's something to say about that and rising to the occasion when your biggest rival comes to your place. The Colts are, like you said, a significantly better football team than the Jags are, uh, but they do have to win this game by five to cover. I don't think I can bet on it personally. If I had to pick it, I would pick the Colts to cover, but uh, I don't want this game to be the reason why I lose money. But again, <laughs> I would agree with it if it, came, if it all boiled down to it because the Colts are a lot better than Jacksonville. That's our first three games coming up. We'll get to my second pick after this break and then we have our game of the week to talk about folks might be aware of what that game is going to be already but uh, you can find out after a break on 104.9 fm kboe and uh, welcome back to sports specs with sam and spence sam here spence there and uh, we're ready to Go through one more segment here. We got my last individual pick of this week right now. And, um, Spence, I'm heading to the land of Detroit. Detroit right now, one and a half point favorites over the Washington Commies, or the uh, Commanders, if you will. Uh, just want to throw out there that this is the first time that the Lions are favorites against a team with a winning record in 60 games. I just thought that was wow. funny. Uh, yeah, we're talking about one and O Washington team, but I am gonna pick Detroit here. Couldn't possibly go wrong. But anyway, last week I was encouraged by the Lions' performance against the Eagles, even though they lost. Uh, their offense looked good, and that was the strength of this team on paper heading in. So the fact that uh, they were able to score 35 points and run the football against a run defense that was pretty solid last year is encouraging, I would say. And importantly, the Lions have arguably the best offensive line in football right now. The best thing that Washington has going for them defensively is their defensive line, so Detroit should be able to mitigate that about as well as anybody. On the flip side, Washington... Washington did beat Jacksonville last week, but um, Jacksonville also had two dropped touchdown passes that didn't turn into anything. So Jacksonville was shooting themselves in the foot. And if we're talking about Washington, like they needed the Jacksonville Jaguars to shoot themselves in the foot in order to win, that doesn't look well good for uh, Washington. Detroit, I'll say, has a bad defense overall, but their pass rush is decent. And they were getting into the backfield against Philly. And again, Philly also has one of the best offensive lines in the game. So if this pass rush can beat a worse offensive line this week, they go from having to deal with Jalen Hurts bouncing around back there to... Carson Wentz, whose go-to move when he is pressured is to turn into a turtle. <laughs> the Lions' corners also might not be that bad if Jeff Okuda continues to show the improvement that he has so far. I liked him uh, coming out of college, so I hope he does. Washington's greatest strength offensively is their receivers. They actually have a good receiving core. But anyway, all of this believe, leads me to believe that uh, at home, the Lions should win this thing by three. Um, I never feel great about betting on Detroit, but I think they get, get it done against Washington. No one has felt good about betting on Detroit for the last uh, eight years or so. so really? 60 years? <laughs> might, maybe, yeah. They were some good Barry Sanders moments throughout that uh, decade there. But uh, you said exactly what I was thinking, you know, the difference between Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz for a pass rusher is basically the equivalent of uh, trying to catch Tyreek Hill or trying to catch a uh, blocking dummy. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I'm thinking Aiden Hutchinson may uh, get his uh, coming out party uh, this week as well. That's pretty much my rationale there. Time for our game of the week. And for the second straight week, it is the Thursday night game. So it is tonight. And uh, that's L.A. at Kansas City. The Chargers at the Chiefs. Pivotal AFC West matchup. Got us first and foremost. If you're free tonight and you're not watching this game, you probably hate football. And you know what? That's okay. 
but I would question why you're listening to this program. These are two superstar quarterbacks that do alien things, going at it in primetime on good teams. You live for this stuff. Spence, who do you got in the game of the week? Two things. I was back and forth on this, believe it or not. I'm in full uh, red uh, uniform today. And uh, to start out of the week, I was thinking, you know, Chargers look awfully good. And they're not getting points for it either. So thinking I might go Chargers. But some things have swayed me on this. One, Keenan Allen, not going to play. And he's their main guy. Mike Williams is a close second. But now you don't have two great receivers out there to throw to. The other one... The Chiefs' performance last week allowed them to rest a bunch of people at the end of that game. And for a Thursday night game, and you only get four days off between the two of them, that is going to be a big difference. The Chargers had to fight quite a bit to win that game against the Raiders, and that kept the starters out on the field. You might have a team that uh, is going to be struggling a little bit because of that, and they also had to be the one to travel. This game is in Arrowhead. Because of all that, I'm going to go with my favorite, Kansas City Chiefs, despite uh, my early thoughts of this week. I don't think I mentioned this at the top, but the spread right now is four. Kansas City is favored by four at home against the Chargers. A quick note, Kansas City had 33 first downs on 66 offensive plays last week. Um they dunked on the Cardinals. Uh, yeah. Now, I, I mentioned last week that the Cardinals are a discombobulated mess. I stand by that. But that level of thorough dominance is only possible when you've got a quarterback and an offense that is top shelf. The Chargers, meanwhile, like you said, lost their number one wide receiver in Keenan Allen to a hamstring injury last week. They're also still without their number one cornerback in J.C. Jackson. However, Chargers have won two out of three games against the Chiefs in Arrowhead with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. They are notoriously better at playing Mahomes than most of the rest of the league is, and part of this is philosophy, but also part of that is that the Chargers have the secret sauce to contain Travis Kelsey, and that secret sauce goes by the name of Derwin James. In five matchups against Travis Kelsey, James has given up seven catches for 30 yards. That's six yards a matchup. He's perfectly equipped to beat the best tight end in the league. I've been touting the Chargers a lot in our conversation, Spence, and it's because I really like this football team. But shoot, I really like the Chiefs too. And when it all boils down to it, it's a healthy Chiefs team and Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead going up against a shorthanded Chargers team. I've been going back. I'm with you. I've been going back and forth on this all week. And this four-point spread is diabolical Mm. because uh, this game is probably going to be settled by three or four points. You won't catch me betting against Patrick Mahomes this time. I will take the Chiefs, but uh, what I want more than anything in the world is for these two teams to just entertain us at the level that they are capable of. Chargers got a hold of the Chiefs last year. I do believe that was an arrowhead, but uh, they only got them by six. They also had five turnovers, Kansas City did, Mm. and bad ones that really destroyed drives that just looked like, oh, they're not going to get stopped this time. Oh, my goodness, interception. How'd that happen? And yeah, of a hair-pulling game of any nature last year, that was it for me because I thought, you have these guys just their number and you're screwing it up. I think there were some dropped uh, passes that resulted in interceptions. Mm. And I think, you know, you cut down on those uh, turnovers, which they did uh, last week and won easily by 23. If you keep the turnovers off of the field, I think this will certainly be at least four-point win for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Yep, I'm with you on that. We both got Kansas City there, but uh, so we actually kind of agreed on a lot of things this week, Spence, but of course our two individual picks could uh, separate us, but uh, that's all we've got for this week. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and if you're listening to this in podcast form after it has aired on KBOE, please be sure to rate and review it on your podcast platform of choice. I'll be very much appreciated. This has been Sports Facts with Sam and Spence. We'll kick it back to the music here so long, and uh, have a great weekend, everybody.